Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tar Pit for weeks three and four of The Amazing Race 33. We're doubling up because, you know what? We spent two legs in Switzerland. It's a nice way to wrap things up in a nice, neat Swiss package. My name is Mike Bloom, back again with another motley crew of people to talk about what I'll call The Amazing Race 33.5 or 33 2.0, whatever you want to call it. We have restarted things since the blip. The Amazing Race looks very different. Very same at the same time, uh, considering that we brought back two teams. One of them is gone. One of them maybe would have been gone uh, this past week. But we have a lot to discuss, as per usual, about the odds and ends that exist out there in the Amazing Race universe over the past fortnight. First, let me bring in, of course, the co-host here on the Tar Pits, as well as the Amazing Race recap proper. Someone who is as essential to the Amazing Race as apparently belts are to Swiss farmers. Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you? I'm, I'm great, Mike. I'm ready to get sticky. I'm trying to make that a thing. I don't know. What can we do with tar pit and sticky or, you know, much like the racers, they were, you know, preserved over time mm. during the over the course of the blip, much like the dinosaurs were preserved in the tar. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that. It's like, a stretch. Uh, are we the proverbial John Hammond? Then we're sort of unearthing it, you know, creating life once more, even if there are certain people in an Ian Malcolm type stepping out there being like, why are you doing this? You don't need to do this. Just because you could doesn't mean that you should. Honestly, Mike, I think of myself as the John Hammond and you are the animated DNA molecule. Bingo. That's the comparison that we're making here. Well, I am elated to have this person on. Uh, she had the pleasure of joining us during the, the Amazing Race 32. Of course, if you want to hear her talk Amazing Race besides this, you can check her out over at Silent Podcast, where she is recapping it every week. Uh, now, admittedly, from my perspective, it's a bit worse, but I think I can say, from my point of view, she is the number one Arun and Natalia super fan. So happy to welcome <laughs> Sasha Joseph to the Tar Pit. Hi, Sasha. Yes, I'm here. I'm so excited. I know I said this before we started, but I'm on with Jessica Lee. I can't believe it. The <laughs> I just want to say, for the record, the Tar the Tar podcast when it was just I think you and Rob, right? Um, I is when I started watching like in college. So it's so weird to like be on with you. The both of you were in my interview for a class of 2020. So it's just, it's, I'm so excited to be here. I can't believe it. And you know, like you said, oh, my faves are struggling, but thank God I'm on when my faves are on the show. That's all I can say about them right now. 
Well, we're really glad to have you. And I'm, I'm very excited. I remember that interview well. And I was like, we're going to we're going to have to do something together at some point. So glad, glad to be flash forward. You know, here we are right now talking about Switzerland in the Amazing Race 33. So, again, Sasha, your opinions are certainly out there about the race, whether it be on your Twitter or on your podcast proper. But I guess if you could sum up your thoughts about the new version of what we've experienced these past couple of weeks, what are you thinking? Is it better? Is it different? Do you not feel like there's any sort of, uh, you know, major global pandemic that happened uh, between showings of The Amazing Race? Yeah, I think as just a fan watching, it doesn't, yeah, it feels like very much, I think y'all talked about this on a podcast already, where it feels like old school Amazing Race, right, with the sillier tasks and the more, you know, fun, like, we're just having fun and we're going to do whatever. Um, I will say I, I'm enjoying the season. I think the cast is really great. Just all of them. I really enjoy even the ones like Ryan and Dusty, especially when I'm like, oh, y'all are so far ahead of everyone. But what a story where you're just like, well, you deserve to win, too. So I just I'm grateful for the cast. I think that's what making that's what making me really enjoy this show and this season in general. But I, I'm like a simp for the amazing race. Like they're going to put out nonsense and I'm still going to be like, <laughs> wow, what a great show. I mean, you're you're, you're on the right podcast. You. Yeah, <laughs> but they they need you. I mean, listen, the amazing race has certainly had its problems in the past with the ratings. So like they are looking for you are the diamond in the rough when it comes to the producers of like, oh, my God, someone who's been watching the amazing race for so many years. Like I interviewed uh, Bertram and Elise for a story about obviously filming during the pandemic. And when I said I was like a day one race fan, they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> like they just found basically a unicorn. Uh, amongst amazing oh, race yeah. fans. I mean, 20 years is a long time. I guess yeah. you take it for granted. Well, that's how I feel when someone says they've been very excited to podcast with me. So, Bertram <laughs> and Elise, I totally get it. <laughs> no, it's just, I don't know. I I think CBS doesn't give Amazing Race a lot of the love, and that's what I want people to understand. That like, I don't know that it's the show itself. Sometimes it's CBS not giving them as much love as maybe like it is the you know, like people are like, oh, the production is low or whatever the reasons are. But it's just it's so fun. Why don't you want to see people travel? And because you can put yourself in that task, right? Like, that's what I think is my mm. favorite thing is that, oh, would I do the belt or would I be doing flags or, you know, whatever? Like, which one would I be doing? So it's just to me, that's what makes the Amazing Grace amazing. Interesting. So do you think Phil should take a page out of Jeff Probst's book and be Ooh. like, all right, Amazing Race fans, here's your decision. Do you do twirl it or do you do punch it? Uh, it's sort of like what Jeff was doing in the lead up to the season, <laughs> right? For 41 of like, all right, I'm going to present a scenario to you. You tell me what to do. Yes. Task within the task, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> then that uh, does that does that TWT almost spells twat. I think that would that would work oh, well for the show. We're early in the podcast. Yes, here we are. We're back, baby. But <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it would be fun. I think that's the point, right? Like, don't you imagine yourself being like, oh, my God, here I am on my, you know, race. And what the heck would I pick? And then it's like, oh, my pick was wrong. Thank God I'm not on the show. Like, I, I love doing that. Yeah, just does that go away for you after a while as an amazing race fan? Or have you always sort of put yourself in the shoes of the racer? I mean, honestly, that's the that's the bare essence of it. When you strip away everything else, even at times when you're kind of bored with the show, that's always a question you can ask yourself. And even when it's like, you know, 
wear an inflatable bull costume or shave a balloon, you can be like, well, which one of these would I do after I yelled at production for <laughs> cheaping out on me? <laughs> after I smashed the camera and realized how far in the pocket I have to pay out, even if I win a million dollars, what do I get to do? Yeah. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> So I want to go back to, to something I, I introduced Sasha with, uh, because like you said, you know, Arun and Natalia, big two episodes for them between them being brought back and then obviously uh, trying to make good on both their second and now third chances. So first off, like what drew you to them, their dynamic background, et cetera? And what have you thought about the very eventful five legs they've had on the race so far? You know, surprise, surprise. I'm rooting for the Indian team. Uh, but no, it's, Listen, again, like I said, I if there's going to be South Asians on my screen, I am automatic number one fan. Like, I don't care. It's just who I am. We get crumbs, right, of representation. So I'm going to get what I get. But South Asians have not disappointed us on these shows. Like, Twinnies, hello. Uh, you know, Afghanimals, come on. Look <laughs> at this. Uh, up our East sort. So I'm telling you, it's just... I, their characters are so funny. And, um, Puya and I were actually talking about this. Like, even the way their house was decorated, we were like, Oh my God, I have that, you know, rug. Why is that like the same that all Asians or like, you know, all brown people have the same damn like pictures in their house? Like, why? So it's just stuff like that is what I really find like that I connect with. And, um, Arun just listing off his daughter's resume in the taxi. It's like, got it. So it's not just my mom that does this. <laughs> got it. Thank you. And I think I tweeted that and Natalia even retweeted me just like laughing and agreeing because it's just, it's those moments that you, that I can't really quantify in like, oh, these are the exact reasons, but it's more that how exciting is it to see two very fun, loving, just racers, but they also happen to share so much of what me and my family have and, you know, quirks and funny things that I thought were exclusive to my mom and seeing, I think, a, a parent child relationship as well. Right. Where um, stereotypically, I think Indian parents and children right, maybe aren't shown in this way but Arun is mm. so kind so calm will always listen to Natalia like I don't know that my mom on the race would do this like she'd be <laughs> like shut up like stop the madness yeah I mean I don't know from what I've been seeing again we get a small slice into yes. not only these people on the race but into like them in a very pressurized situation but my opinion Arun is hashtag dad goals I mean yes. just the way that he really has such respect and admiration for his daughter, even in the midst of driving an hour in the other direction is <laughs> something really cool to watch when, uh, you know, the race does not necessarily have the strongest parent child relationships in terms of support of one another. Hey, Dave and Connor, that's the only other one that I can, I think, remember that were like, wow. But <laughs> even they were, I feel like a little bumpy, but these two just, wow. I, I can't, I, I I don't think I'll ever have that much patience. Like I have big Ray energy. That's why I would never go on the amazing race with a partner because I end up looking horrible. Like people will hate me. So, cause I could see myself being like, you took us an hour in the wrong way. I need a break. I'm going to mm. pull over. You suck. Don't hug me. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch me. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh my God. 
Yeah. So Jess, what are what are your thoughts about? I mean, let's let's be frank about Arun and Natalia. Do you think there's a chance they can they're in a they're in a slump right now, I think, suffice it to say. They had some good luck, but they, they have really been digging themselves out of a hole since they made a return to the race. As someone who has experienced some teams be able to make it to the final three despite having subpar records thus far, can Arun and Natalia fill that, or do you think they are destined to be eliminated in the next couple legs? Well, Mike, we've seen teams hit every single non-elimination leg on a race and go on to win the whole thing. So, yeah, if everything, if the cards play out right for them, we could certainly see them in the finals. But it would have to be a lot of things going right. And I think they're still trying to get their feet out, their feet under them. And I, I would guess that they could have that energy of like team that we're still wondering like, oh, okay, this team here, this team is here, this team is here. How are they still in it? They have real, how are they still in it energy? And, you know, I love them as people. They're, you know, their relationship is heartwarming. They're fun to watch. They're very funny, but I'm going to be wondering how are they still there? If we're like three more legs down the road and we're watching them still like eke their way into the race. Yeah, yeah, big, big agree. With Like I said, they're my faves, but oh my God. You know, sometimes you have problematic faves and I feel like here, I'm just like, oh my God, how are they, what are they doing? But I want to give them credit. I feel like when they're at the task, they're pretty good. Oh yeah. So that's why I was like, just figure out the driving, please. Mm. Because I feel like they're fine when we get them to do tasks. So how do I get them a cat? Just them. Well, that's one of the things I think is not working in their favor right now, because this is the this is the amazing race where if you're good at directions, you're going to do fine. But yeah. in previous seasons, I think they would have had a better leg up where they were, you know, if somebody else is doing the navigating for them, like they fly into the town and they take a cab or they take a train that would have worked in their favor a lot better. So they're going to need to get up to speed on self-driving in a big hurry. It's interesting because when it comes to reality TV, we certainly ask ourselves, okay, how would these old school players play in a new school setting or vice versa? And we sort of get a glimpse of that in the amazing race, right? Because this is a new school season, but it has sort of like an old school phase to it, as you know, you mentioned, and as Jess and I have talked about. And so we now kind of get this sense of like, Oh, how would Arun and Natalia play in an old school season? Which is like, maybe they wouldn't handle it as well. You know, New School Amazing yeah. Race was the first couple of legs. And we saw them finish in third in Scotland. So like, or no, I think it was in London. I think it was that yeah. second leg. The so second like, leg, yeah. yeah, so they, you know, had been doing fairly well up to that point. But I just think it's interesting that now we get to sort of see that experiment play out of how when New School teams do in an old school setting. Turns out Ryan and Dusty, no difference. Uh, Lulu and Lala do a lot better in an old school setting than a new school setting, sort of vice versa with Aruna and Italia. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're praying. You know, um, I think it was in Australia, right? This mo newest season that we saw where uh, the team that won a, won a leg had like the cell, the guide that came with them. So I was like, how, how do I do that for Aruna <laughs> and Italia? Like, can I call an audible? Can they just, you know, for one, for one leg, give them a guide? I bet you they'll do well. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, instead of doing like an advantage for the first place, or is this more like a, an advantage for the last place? Like, yeah, something. We, like did, we did the groupings, we did the plane, we really want to keep everyone together this time. Yeah. So, like, in fact, we're just going to bungee cord your car to Ryan and Tusky's <laughs> and, like, it's to pull you along. 
Well, I love the idea. Something that I wish they did more of, and I think we haven't seen it since I think about season 25, is we need more mini quests on The Amazing Race. Like we need a side quest where, or they Mm. did it season 26 where you had to have the same number of steps as your partner. Oh my God. And and you win something. Or season 25 had it where you had to like find a certain number of, like you could find the express pass hidden on the leg. I want to see mini prizes. I want to see like, if you decide to go look for something, it's like a fast forward, but not as, not as much of a reward as a fast forward. Like if you find the, if you find the right thing, you can trade it in to have a guide on your next leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Sort of like, for lack of a better term, advantages found uh, in the Amazing Race would be interesting. I do, and I, maybe COVID certainly handcuffed them a bit. I do find it interesting that any sort of semblance of like twists are gone for this season, right? Whether it be head to head, whether it be the yield, or especially the Express Pass, we haven't seen since I believe season twenty nine. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's basically gone the way of the dodo. So I do find it interesting. Again, season 34 moving forward, they're going to have a lot to figure out in terms of production. But I do wonder if looking at, again, this more simplistic old school layout of post flip, they're like, yeah, maybe we should stick with this for a little bit. And we don't need to throw in little random roadway based tasks uh, <laughs> to create you know, additional drama for these teams. Uh, yeah, it's like for Survivor, we don't want the the all the flashy things. But now on Amazing Race, we're like, maybe give us some flashy things. See if it's like bit. make up your mind. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, why not try it out? Because I feel like they want to try out new twists. Yes, I mean, despite what Phil told us when he was shading Jeff Probst in an epic way, I think they would like to find something that works correctly. The problem mm-hmm. is every time they put a twist in, they don't do it correctly. And then they're like, oh, this doesn't work. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work because you deployed it at the wrong point in the race. So, you know, things like the head to head that it works poorly because they do it at the end of the leg. You need to give people a chance to catch up or there is plenty of interesting things we could be, we could be using, but since they do them incorrectly or they don't think about all the ramifications of the game when they put them up, you know, it doesn't work out right. So I think if you had the right person game theorying all of it out and like being the guy with like the calculus in front of their face, <laughs> you could find the right twists that would work well and be interesting. CBS, Amazing Race, please. You have two people right here that are waiting for you to call them. Please do it. This is the audition tape. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Survivor South Africa called AJ Mass. If they can do that. And Mike Bloom. And I was gonna say, like, uh, let me do yeah. a rune myself and pull out my own resume. Here yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'll well, do it me, for you. I got you. <laughs> let, me, let me throw out a, a prediction here then. Will we see a U-turn this season of The Amazing Race? Yes. You think so? Yeah, I think so. They're just, I, I mean, every preview I feel like we're seeing, um, all the previews are literally telling us, Ryan and Dusty are in trouble. They win the leg. It's like now it's the third try or maybe only second. I can't remember. But the preview is like, Ryan and Dusty are in trouble. So it's like, give them a U-turn at this point. Just figure it out. If you're the first team there, oh, you hit the buzzer. Oh, you got the U-turn. Sorry. <laughs> and the next yeah. team gets the fast yeah. and put it at the end of the task for yes. crying out loud the love of everything put the u-turn at the end of the task so somebody does it first because it's not a u-turn if you have to go in both directions that's a t-turn mm. yeah i'm trying to remember did they because i know they did it a couple times in the past couple seasons i forgot if they rectified it last season 
or not, or if they went back to before the detour. I want to say they put it before the detour last time, but I don't remember. I I remember getting very angry. I think that must mean we did. (laughs) Exactly. If you can recall the, again, camera shattering outburst from last season, then that means that it probably was before the detour. So we shall see. I agree. I think if there's one place to put it, it'll probably be like, I'm assuming we're getting rid of another team next week. And then I think at the final five is probably Mm -hmm. the right place to do it. I always feel Mm -hmm. weird about U-turns at the final four, just because there's, too few options if you talk about timing of everything so and look they have plenty of legs to fail so like throw a u-turn in there if you want to i'm ready for it i'm ready for it yeah take right. it let's get into uh, some of our tried and true segments here on the tar pit uh i want to start with some secret scenes because we do have a few from specifically this past week now i will start with akbar and sherry because obviously they are a big to do uh, between, you know, Sherry and Heights, name and more iconic duo, I'll wait from <laughs> her time in Switzerland. And uh, maybe a bit of, you know, tiffs between her and Akbar uh, during the post blip session. First off, Sasha, what is your take on the two of them? Everyone seems to have a take on Akbar and Sherry, for better or for worse. What, what's what's your take on them? Yeah, I the biggest thing is, does Akbar know that they aren't D1 athletes anymore? Like that. <laughs> That is the question, because I think as soon as he takes a moment and realizes that, I think things will be easier for the both of them. Like, why are you doing if Ryan and Justy tell me I need to do something in two tries? I will be doing that in five tries, knowing who I am as a person in my endurance. So I don't know. It's just like, I think Akbar specifically needs to take a moment and like, understand his wife a little bit where understand that she's killing it you know for her like her skill level I think she's doing really well they would have actually killed it on the sausage making probably because they could have had a t- some time to catch their breath and then maybe could have ran a little bit to you know if they were in a foot race with someone to the pit stop so I just think one they need to take a moment and realize they're not D1 athletes and then secondly I think, yeah, they should like understand a little bit about context clues and the race, which I think they're not doing so hot on. And then Sherry, just give her some love. Cause I remember when Sherry was like, I did both the uh, roadblocks. He's like, good for you. And or something like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? What's wrong with you, sir? Um, that's when I would drop the bottle on purpose and just be like, now what are you going to do? Good for me, right? So. It's just, uh, yeah, that's my take. I, I feel really bad because I think it works for them. They're obviously still together all these Very years. So, yeah. But, uh, you're, you know, as like the the um, nonsense psychologist, as in no degree having psychologist that I am, I'm like, just take a moment. Like, <laughs> celebrate her. It's okay. You'll be fine. <laughs> so that being said, Sherry is able to do for a fear of heights, doing the second largest bungee jump in the world is like, like you said, something pretty damn commendable. Uh, so at the pit stop, we have a secret scene of Akbar and Sherry are asked sort of like, what did you dip into? What's in the reserves to have you make this jump? And they pull uh, a, a very interesting reference uh, out as to what made Sherry decide to do this. Here we go. Something motivated you to take that leap today, that leap of faith. What what was it? I can tell you. Yeah. It was uh <laughs> it, it was uh flight time and big easy. 
You know the episode <laughs> where the old girl wouldn't go down the slide? And where was they at? It was in Dubai. In Dubai. In Dubai. Yeah. She said, I can't be that girl. So she just jumped right off because I had a weight wow. restriction. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so proud of you. Is it sadder to get referenced, uh, you know, on a season? What is it? 18 seasons after the fact? Or is it sadder that people clap almost like in response to good? You were that person. You went down the water slide. See, that's why I would never go on this show because I would be afraid of being that person that a decade later people are saying, well, I was just motivated by not wanting to be that person. Yeah, I mean, listen, at this point, give me the clout. You know, like I lean into <laughs> me being a flop. Like you didn't cast me on. I'm no Ryan and Dusty, like the period. I never will be. Even when I ran track and was on varsity in high school, I was no Ryan and Dusty. So, you know, at this point, let me lean into being a fool because I, I think I'll post the secret scene and be like, oh, my God, remember that time I was an idiot? But I'm too competitive. So I would have done the jump because like I can't. In reality, do I ever want to look stupid? No. But I think if I do end up looking stupid, how do I like monetize that and get clout from it at this point? <laughs> yeah, you'd make t-shirts of like you crying yes. and not being able to go down the water slide. There'd be an NFT of you freaking out. Yeah, let me <laughs> let me become a meme, you know, and be like, yes, now pay me every time you use the meme. So just, I mean, I guess this sort of snuck up on me. When I think of infamous Amazing Race moments, I think about things like my ox is broken. I think about Claire getting hit in the face with the watermelon. Is Mika not going down the water slide? Has that slowly become part of the Mount Rushmore of Amazing Race? I don't know if I'd put it on the Mount Rushmore, but I think you're going to see a lot of people this season that came in extremely prepared, having seen every episode. And I think it's probably top 10, at least it also depends on how you are watching the show. I think if we're watching it to sit back and make fun of it, like Mike, you and I can probably name another dozen things that we'd rather talk about because mm. it seems kind of mean spirited. But if you're watching it with a view to this is going to be me and I'm going to go on this show. I think that's way up there as far as things that are going to stick out in your head that are possible outcomes for you on the program. And I think that's a different lens to view it through. So I certainly, if I was in that position, that would definitely be top of mind for me. I'm just looking up actually now Mika Combs, right? Because I believe Mika was the one who did not go down the water. Yeah, her, her life is fine. She doesn't have a blue check, but she's been <laughs> on a couple of TV shows. Um, she's been on basic cable. She has a music career. Yeah, I get that. okay. Yeah. I'm actually looking at her. She started herself in Fox's short-lived The Hills Like Nashville reality series. I have no memory of this whatsoever. Mm -mm. Not a one. That, that seems like that's more of a Whitney Duncan kind of joint, but maybe Whitney was too big time for that. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah I have no idea. Very true. I don't know. That might need to be the next. They bring back the RHAP Rewind. Watch Nashville from 2007 <laughs> to see what Mika's doing. If they send her to the Walter oh Park anytime god. soon. <laughs> yeah it should just be see another one where i would pitch it to some weirdo show um or where it's like yeah just make me like do everything i hate or the uh overcoming rather maybe mm -hmm. all my fears yeah like, well, that they, could be a still had a show like that yeah yeah exactly or, or they, they what they do sasha is viewer australian they put you on australian survivor and they like give you a water slide <laughs> challenge right so you'd freak out uh, like yeah. when they one time cast a woman who got swept up in a tsunami and they gave her a challenge to like jump into a big body of water oh my god well that's the thing they do like 
I, they didn't get questionnaires from these people this year, which makes me a little bit sad because we used to have a great time going through everybody's questionnaires. But they always ask them, what are you most afraid of? Mm-hmm. And then they get the people together who are most afraid of the same things and they have a task around it. Like all those people. I was surprised that year that all those people said they were afraid of snakes and there was no snake task. Yeah, I mean, that just feels like money being left on the table. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm afraid of dogs and like cats. So any like animal shelter rescue task, I think I would like actually have a breakdown. <laughs> Retrieve this clue from the cat cafe. Yeah. yeah oh gonna, my god. Oh, I, yeah, I like, that say, would actually freak me so out. That would be your water slide moment. Yes. I think that's another example, right? Of like a seemingly innocuous task. Like when it would happen in season 15, it was super simple. It was oh, just take the water slide down to the pit stop. I don't think any of them expected that she would have a freak out at basically the the line to the mat of, right. I can't do this. I can't go down the water slide. So this would be a very similar thing of like, you stand outside like, I refuse to get the clue. I can't get the clue. I'm sorry. I have to quit the race right here. This is where it ends. Yeah, like, I think you have one of those. Screaming. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess if there's a giant man dressed as a baby and he's like, get your roadblock clue <laughs> in one of those costumes, like I would just run the other direction. So king like, cake baby, basically. If there was a real life king cake baby, yeah, they're like, oh, don't dig through the cake to find it. Like, no, you have to, you know, taste a bunch of king cake and then lick the man baby at the end. I'd be like, nope, that's not worth a million dollars. Oddly specific. Michael. Where's the plane? I'm going home right now on my own dime. Get me the amazing race plane. So no uh, boss baby promo for you. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. Sorry, Alec. Uh, unfortunately, going to have to sit out this one. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, well, th- let's talk about some more odd things. Uh, when it comes to Lulu and Lala, so they're, again, they've been on a, a really great course so far. Finished their, sec- their highest place so far in second. We be, I feel like we're finding out slowly but surely little things about their lives. Uh, and so in this week's secret scene between the two of them in the car, uh, we get like a little bit description of now there was a bit of a talk about, you know, what they feel like uh, schooling should be like. Uh, but they had their own high school history, as it were, uh, specifically their own athletics. And I'll put that in quotation marks. So 
Here's Lulu and Lala having a blast from the past while driving through Switzerland. Oh, look, a bowling alley. Fun fact, we were bowling champs in high school two years in a row. That's not something you want to brag yes, about. Yes, I am going to be proud of it. Just because bowling was All the, we got was the a sweater while everybody else got trophies and cool gear. We got a cheap sweater. Wow. We were champions. And I'm going to be proud of it. <laughs> Don't ask me what my bowling score is now because probably crap. It was never really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it 100 here. Sucks. I think you maybe played once. That's not true. Now you're just trying to make me look bad. All right, so two very different stories about Lulu and Lala, the expert bowlers from high school. Well, first of all, if you keep it 100, that's not a very good bowling score. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason why they're like, uh, well, you only bowled once and you bowled 100. And so maybe there's a reason why they really sat you out the entire time. Yeah, or you didn't get any trophy. (laughs) And apparently, what was their? They said their uniform was like a sweater. Sweater. Uh, Yeah, it was like a bowling sweater. That sounds, I mean, I guess, I wonder if it was done in the style of bowling shoes of like, you had to rent it. And so now it's this wormy ass sweater, like supermarket sweep that you have to wear that somebody else owned the year before. They give them the shirt, Mike. You get to keep the shirt on supermarket sweep. I know you do on the new one. I didn't know if you you could on the old one. I thought they just like washed it. Oh, gross. Gross. I think they'll let you like have a little bit of a souvenir. (laughs) They let them keep it. Well, are we team like positive twin or negative twin here is the is the bowling uh involvement is this like a cool thing or is this a lame thing to boast about i think it's cool but i don't you know my my sense of cool is probably not the same as a cool person's sense of cool i I also want to say, like, anything outside of the ordinary now makes you cool. So mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. if, like, everyone ran track, everyone, you know, did soccer, whatever, like football, right? And and I'm saying this because I went to school in the South. Um, So it's like everyone did this. But I think if you did something different, spelling V, bowling, I feel like now it makes a better story than it would me talking about my track meet rather than you winning the spelling bee. I feel like I would rather listen to that. So, you know, so nostalgia factor wise, I think bowling's better. Yeah. So but, maybe like bowling's better to talk about at 30, but yes. I think it's worse to talk about at 13. Correct. I think I agree, unfortunately. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's tough. I also love uh, the immediate rebuttal as well of like one of them. I think it's I think it's Lala just going like waxing profane about it. Right. Of like, oh, yes. The old days down in the alley, like you only bowled once. We wore a sweater. <laughs> we didn't have any trophies. We didn't do anything. It really does sound like I'm assuming that one of them really wanted to do it. And the other one was forced to do it as well. But I thought when you bowled, you wore a bowling shirt, not like a bowling sweater. Like, don't you get those cool button downs with like the block colors? Mm-hmm. I feel like that is cool. I think that's what Matt, uh, Mike is saying. It was like handed down like at- like, I don't know. I, I feel like a sweater is not the conducive apparel to have at a bowling alley just because it's really warm in there. Can, can really those shirts warm? get matted? Like, that's what I wanted to ask first, but I was like, what's the word? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I feel like there's a lot of like recycled air going on in a bowling alley, whether it's being blown up against you or just circulating around that it, it just feels like very stifling to wear a sweater in. Wouldn't you want maybe, maybe they all had like the, the full suits like the Jesus in the Big Lebowski. <laughs> Oh my god. 
No, I oh, I just don't. I think they misspoke. Like, I can't imagine. What just get now all these tweets about bowling sweaters? Yeah, L- Lulu oh, and sure. Lala, if you're listening, I want to see yes. pictures of the bowling team now. If and they I only did it once, they're not going to have pictures. <laughs> or unless they really are in all the yearbook photos. They're doing it for the clout, as Sasha would mm. say. Like, yep, we're part of the bowling team. Old Rushmore. Yeah, because I looked at bowling sweatshirts or sweaters and I'm getting bowling green like the college. So. <laughs> they probably have sweaters, although yes. they're in the South, so it's probably warmer. Yeah, I was no, say, it's like, enough. It's like to, a, yeah, the we have sweaters alley, in Oklahoma, at least. Yeah, I don't yeah. see no bowling sweaters, only bowling shirts. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to probably a couple people that have bowled once or twice in their lifetimes. Kim and Penn, I just get a sense from that. I think they I think they would do a lot of like pre-pandemic bowling nights with their kids. That's, that's fair. Uh so big to do around Kim obviously making this jump and we're certainly going to get into this in a little bit when we talk about the Holderness podcast of it all. But in the drive leading up to the the Verrazano Dam because again they had two and a half hours to just do Verrazano Dam. Was it the Verrazano Dam? What was the no, name? Oh, you're thinking of the Verrazano Bridge, Mike. Oh, okay, yeah, I mixed it. I saw a V and a Z, and my mind just went to Verrazano. I Dam. don't remember what it is, but it's not Verrazano. Verrazano, right? Ver. Oh my god, I don't remember V C Z something. I'm it sorry, was, amazing race. Verzaska. Yeah. Yeah, Verzaska. Okay. The Verzaska Dam. I'm sorry. Uh, I used to be the person that remembered that stuff and I don't anymore. Listen, it was close enough to Italy. So, like, uh, the Verrazano, Verzaska, it's all in the same family, as it were. I mean, it's the Italian part of Switzerland. Exactly. That's what, this, this felt like very Italian. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was between the wine and everything, but uh, Phil noticed this in another secret scene that I didn't pull the clip for that he was like, Yep, this is the town, and if you look to the left, there's Italy. So it was obviously very Italian-influenced. Was there yeah. mist in front of it like there was the last time you was pointing at other, other countries? Yeah. You could, I swear you could see it in there. It's somewhere. I mean, listen, if this is the closest they could get to Italy in the middle of the pandemic, that's a very good thing. So I think they were very planning <laughs> to keep their, you know, their own uh, presumptive six feet away from it. But uh, on the way there, Kim and Penn are going to sort of talk through, obviously, Kim's understandable anxiety behind doing the bungee jump. But they are going to, again, lots of odd sort of polls over the course of these secret scenes. Uh, they're going to sort of reference a study that was done uh, about conquering your fears, which I honestly might want to bring into my own life. This is a bit of a longer clip, but I think they do a good job of crawling over everything about the idea of naming the tarantula. So there was an exercise at UCLA where they gave four groups um, uh, close access to a tarantula. And the people who didn't talk about it were more scared than the people who talked about it. The people who admitted their fears and talked about their emotions and actually said it out loud. Like, that's a tarantula in front of me. Just saying the name of the monster makes you less afraid of it. So when we get closer, Kim's going to say bungee jumping. And we're going to talk about, you know how she feels. I, I have to say, so we, have, we use a phrase in our marriage. We say, name it to tame it. So when you name the emotion you're feeling, it helps you tame what you're feeling. And I have to say, I think I'm more anxious about, I feel confident that we are going to a place called Valet Verzacasa. I feel confident we're going to a place called Valet Verzacasa. Is it the one the Amazing Race wants us to Yes, of course it is. 
Yes. I feel more nervous about that, which is oh, good. occupying my brain. Are you doing that on purpose? Yes. Okay. Honey, I don't deal with problems head on. You knew here. You don't what? I don't deal with problems head on. I deal with all the problems. We're going to deal it. with this one head on. Yeah, I know, but not right now. Right. That's why I said, tell me when you want to name the tarantula. Right. Okay. If you can name it, you can tame it. Stitch that on a pillow, in my opinion. Sure. Like, okay. it's it's giving a motivational speaker that can't, you know, actually make it happen. And uh, Kim and Penn, like, are really great at this. That's why I want to know if uh, they have psychology background, just the way they are able to pull on things and um, talk about, you know, uh, love languages or oh this is what I'm dealing with here is like some you know they're just they seem to be so good at everything and I don't get it like what you know what is it like t- teach me but also I don't know that me naming I'm about to jump off 722 feet is gonna do anything for me I think that'll freak me out more at this point blindfold me and just push me off <laughs> like I think I'd rather do that yeah, just what what is yeah. your take on both? I, I don't know if you know the answer to Sasha's question, but just this idea of naming the tarantula that if you say what the thing is that you're afraid of, that it makes you less afraid of it. I think that's right, because I think if you don't if you don't talk about it, it's just going to be in your head blowing up and like feeding on itself. I think that makes a lot of sense to me. And um, I'm not a psychology professor and I haven't even written a best-selling lifestyle book like (laughs) Kim and Penn have, but that does, that does seem like the right tactic. I mean, you don't want to overthink it. You don't want to spend the whole two and a half hours talking about it, but you do need to get it out there. You do need to give a voice to what you're thinking. I think that is a really smart approach to it. But as for them, I think they have made a whole brand out of like their personal like their lives, their existence. They've written books about like having a successful marriage. And since the point where they, where they quit their day jobs to be content creators, like they have made self-awareness part of their livelihood. So they have to know what the other person is like and what they are like and how they will respond to any situation. And I think that is an amazing race strength. Like if, if your whole job was, about being aware of who you are and making content out of it, I think that does give you a heads up on or a leg up on the Amazing Race. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting point because I know that understandably fans are not big on content creators on the Amazing Race, and, I, and there there's like understandable reasons if you just look at like the typical content creator, right? There's this adage of like they're always on. Uh, that they're going to be almost like performative for the cameras or too over the top and we're not going to see as much of themselves. Uh, but I do think that Kim and Penn work against that uh, a little bit in that I think that they they do know with themselves, but like they're not necessarily, at least in my opinion, they're not putting on a show. Like that's just who they naturally are. Maybe it's just because I'm a, a pretty like energetic, dramatic person myself, but with no shade to, I don't know, Joey and Megan as an example, I feel like they much more embodied these sort of like negative stereotypes of influencers on these shows than someone like Kim and Penn, who maybe it's also that they're more accelerated in life, a little more grounded, uh, that they, you know, don't necessarily feel like they need to have the wherewithal to be on at all times. I'm not getting that sense personally. Well, that's a demographic thing too, Mike. I think if you're 23 and you're an influencer, 
that is a very different person that they put on the amazing race from being married parents in their mid forties who came to the influencer thing late in life. Yeah, that's very true that they already knew themselves basically at that point. Right. They got a chance to be themselves. Like there's a self to be. Whereas if you're making your whole brand, like if you already know you want to make a brand before you know what your brand is, that's a different thing. Yeah. I also think that I, I personally felt like in the first episode, they were hamming it up a little, um, like with the queen and, you know, them kiss, like doing all of that where I was like, yeah, I get it. Like you're content creators. But I think since then, um, Mike, I completely agree with you that it's a hundred percent, um, like them and they, it feels more genuine, but maybe because they've also settled into the race a little bit and they had a 19 month, um, like pause, but still, I, yeah, I think the, I will say I felt like in the first episode, I was like, I get it. You're content creators. But then after that, yeah, it feels very real. It feels like they're just kind of the solid like relationship and these solid people that are able to, you know, do everything correct, which and I appreciate like I don't I don't find it cringy. And I thought I would. But I'm actually like, wow, like I need to learn if I were to go on the race, like to be like this and really lean into all my strengths. Yeah, I, I think that is the thing. And I totally agree with you that I think in the first episode, and I would not be shocked if they felt the same way, because I think also the thing with reality TV, right, is like when you initially do it, all you can really pay attention to are the cameras. And then mm-hmm. they eventually kind of fade into the background. And that's when you sort of feel more comfortable. But I think you are sort of representing probably the number one comment that I see about Kim and Penn, which is like, yeah. oh, they're less cringy than yeah. I thought they would be. I also Googled and named the tarantula just now to be like, okay, is, do I get a, a link to this study? But no, I just get a lot of articles to n- things you should name your tarantula. And that's it. So the phrase name the tarantula mm. has still yet to break into the mainstream after this. Oh, you, you know, th- you can name Voldemort, right? That's the point. Like you had to say his name. Mm. So he couldn't um, gain power. So he, as a Harry Potter fan, I guess I do understand that part. <laughs> All right. Well, if you need to name your tarantula, here is some of the top results I see yes. from Google. Uh, bird eater. <gasps> uh, brownie. Chad. Chad. <laughs> Clyde. <laughs> Just name it Voldemort. There. D- yeah. Dipper. Dipper. Uh, Dredge. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Locke. So we really run the gamut there. Of, like you know, John Locke? I maybe. Don't tell me what I can and can't eat. Uh, says the spider as he goes to the flies. Yeah, I think Chad was the one that really took me to be like, hello, please meet my tarantula, Chad, and come into my to my like blacklit room. That's what the, it's that's probably what the someone named Chad that would name their tarantula Chad. Name or it Chad, Chad Jr. Yeah. yeah. CJ, yeah, I like it. <laughs> now oh, now right. I'm only going to name, if I didn't see any other tarantulas, whether it be like at a zoo or any other, I don't know, informal setting, I'm going to just name it Chad by default. I think all, all tarantulas should now be named Chad. I think that's the universal name for spiders. We have officially found it. I know. I, I, it. I did go to the Joe Exotic. Um, like, <laughs> I have met Joe Exotic a few times. But what? Yes. <laughs> I lived in Oklahoma. Like, what else do you have to go do with life? Uh, but he, he did have tarantulas, and I was like trying to figure out what he had named them. And I wish that I had that information for everyone, but he did like, like, let them crawl on you. Like, you know, spoiler, not spoiler alert, but content warning. Spiders. I mean, that's, but, that's yeah. definitely on the milder side of like letting his creatures, you know. Get yeah. Them, I mean, I also am ashamed. Yeah. That 
there were liger cubs that I have held. Oh, um, yeah. yeah so that's, I, I wait, get okay. it. Wait, so you you can't do cats, but you can hold liger. Yes, cubs? I have walked with wolves. I don't understand. Like the math. It does not work. Like is it domestication? Is that your big hangup? I mean, I've been bit by dogs a few times. So I think that's where it comes from. Um, and I just, I don't know what it is about cats. I, I truly don't. <laughs> but yeah, I like pet like ligers. Tigers. And I, I fed a tiger. like that, And it stood up straight and I had to put the chicken like through. <laughs> so I've done all of My God. So again, like that's fine, but don't put her in a cat cafe, folks. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. This is this is why humanity is it's fantastically odd in all its ways. Wow. Uh, so, Jess, we mentioned the Holdernesses, and on the Thursday recap, you and I put out the bat signal, right? Of the racers have so many great podcasts out there. We only have so much time <laughs> in this world. Can we have people essentially TLDR us the information from the podcast? Was the call answered? The call was indeed answered, and I actually even have a game for the two of you. Um, oh. This game was created by the great Kim Reed, who is a former Television Without Pity recapper um, and frequent listener to the podcast. And so she created, she not only listened to every podcast that was available at press time, but she created a quiz about the Holderness Family podcast. So I'm going to bring that up now. And it is, how well do you know the Holderness Family? These are some multiple choice questions. Okay. So, all right. And you guys can play cooperatively. I think there's a right. yeah, there's six questions. All right. <laughs> Question number one. What part of the anatomy did Penn reference when he was talking about Kim's bungee jump? A the appendix. B Broca's area. C the eyelets of Langerhans. Or D the hamstring. Okay, so two of those are body parts. Uh one yeah. of them. I'm I'm assuming refers to like either a part of your brain or like the name of oh, an 18th yes, century it, novel. It, yes, yes, it's the brain thing. Now I remember. I think it's something to do with the brain because something about like being scared and oh, I think it's the brain one. The bro- I don't the know what it's thing because I'm assuming the is the islets of something sounds like I don't know an animated French film. <laughs> That's like a Thomas Oscar. Hardy novel. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> or, I guess yeah. we'll, should we go with Broca? Yeah, I think I know that he was talking about something about the brain. I feel yeah. yeah. All right, so we'll okay. go for Broca. Yeah. Well, you are indeed correct. It was Broca's area, and you're also correct. He was talking about how stress freezes up the Broca's area in the brain, which controls speech, and that's why Kim's speech was garbled right before she jumped. Oh, interesting. Yes. So it's this idea of like when you're facing something terrifying, your brain just blocks the ability for you to talk about it. So that's why it's more difficult to name the tarantula than you might think. Ooh, yeah, it's true. Like All it. you can say is Chad. That's the only thing that comes <laughs> yeah. out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, you jump off the bungee jump platform. You go, Chad. <laughs> there you go. They say name your fear. Just name it Chad. That's the easy I, thing. Yeah, Silencio <laughs> Bruno, right? Exactly. Oh. There we go. Hell, come through, Luca. Speaking yeah. of Italy. <laughs> Speaking of Italy. All right. Question number two. What equipment did Kim's mom suggest she needed for her bungee jump? Was it A, Spanx, B, a diaper? C, a helmet, or D, a blindfold? Ooh. Oh, okay. So if I'm thinking like practical, the helmet would be the most practical, but obviously least impractical because uh, like uh, you don't need the helmet unless something goes wrong. Uh, yeah, it's like you don't want the helmet. Um, no, I'm thinking is it something more so for her like a blindfold to like not be able to see? Right. 
or Spanx. I, I, I don't remember this part of the podcast. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Spanx, I think, would be a funny, like, older, like, what a mom would tend to try to drag you on, be like, you're, you know, everything's flipping and flopping everywhere. Um, wear some Spanx. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the only reason, but, but I think we can go with yours, Mike. All right, well, we'll go with blindfold. Oh, the answer is C, a helmet. And Kim had oh. explained that if she, yep, Kim had to explain that if she bungee failed, a helmet would not have helped. <gasps> I mean, yeah, that's very true. I think your head very might dark. be protected, but the rest of you is goo. <laughs> There's Come on, yeah, only so much that could be protected there. That's a good point. All right, number three. What TV couple did Kim and Penn say they resemble? A, Phil and Claire Dunphy from Modern Family. B, hmm. Jim and Pam from The Office. C, Sam and Diane from Cheers, or D, Scully and Mulder from The X-Files. <laughs> so my thinking is, I'm, I really am like keying into the pen part of this, of like which character, which male counterpart would Penn think that he mm -hmm. is. I don't think he feels like he's cool enough to be like, a, he has the height of Ted Danson, but I don't, right. think he's, I don't think he'd be a Sam. No, I don't think he'd be a Mulder. I think he's much too perky to be like a David Duchovny type. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, when I was the first one, but like Phil and Claire just jumped out to me personally. I don't know about you, Sasha. So I unfortunately knew the answer. That's why I let you go through. Yeah, oh, okay. it is right. Phil and Claire. Yep, you're correct. It is Phil and Claire. <laughs> I have not heard a Modern Family reference in sincerity in maybe at least half a decade. Uh, talk about a show that like really just fell out of the mind's eye of society in general, even though it went on for what, like 11 seasons? Yeah, they just yeah. went off the air like maybe a year and a half ago. I thought you could have fooled me. Like, I feel like <laughs> if people said that it went away after five seasons, for some reason, I feel like it was probably a popular enough show, hence the 11 seasons. But at the same time, it was not talked about at all. I mean, that's your classic ABC sitcom, I think. A hundred percent. It's one yeah, of those ones. Like there's so many yeah, good ones, but I don't know that we talk about it enough. It's one of those ones that gets syndicated at the six o'clock hour right before the primetime shows start, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. They're like that's where it lives on in perpetuity. That's why it feels like it'll go on forever. <laughs> yep, it'll always be on. Yeah. All right. Question number four: What explorer did Kim use to fill in the blank when she said she was like blank in the back seat? Was it A. Marco Polo, B. Amerigo Vespucci, C. Hernan Cortez, or D. Ferdinand Magellan? All right, Sasha. Do you know this one? <laughs> yeah. So let's have okay. you. <laughs> All right. Well, now I got to go back to history. Uh, so. I feel like Amerigo Vespucci, let's put some respect on his name because he was the one that truly discovered America. But I don't feel like it would be that <laughs> deep of a pull. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely want, not. Where's his statue? Uh, I, but I don't think, I think it's too deep of a pull. Hernan Cortez also feels like too deep of a pull, almost in like the other direction. Yeah, uh, that's a yes answer. No, <laughs> that's more like she wanted to murder everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I really like. I'm in the mood for genocide today, so I'm feeling. Christopher really Columbus is the answer. Uh, so it's between Marco Polo or Magellan. So I I heard Dusty call Ryan Magellan on the show. I'm pretty sure, definitely in a secret scene. So I feel like that's where you're pulling it from. So I, I have to, I'm putting on my old blindfold and I'm calling Marco Polo. Um, well, unfortunately, it was indeed Magellan. Oh, yeah. they <laughs> did they copy Ryan and Dusty or did Ryan Dusty copy them? Why was, why was Magellan on the brain for everybody? It could have just been one of those things that's out there in the ether, Mike. Yeah, they probably all talked about it. Uh, like, I'm sure at a rest stop or something. 
Yeah, they're at the pit stop talking about yeah. their favorite explorers. You know, I mean, I guess what they, else? Are you, are you, are you that bored in lockdown between legs that you start talking about your favorite explorers from the 1400s? <laughs> I like forgot about Magellan until she said it, and I was like, oh yeah, him. <laughs> what was his big thing? Was he the one who sailed around the Africa? Yeah, he. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he went to. He was the first Western explorer to hit the Pacific Ocean and going west. I think. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess good. Good on Magellan getting a call out. What like uh, nearly six hundred years later. <laughs> yeah. That's what you should name your tarantula. Name him Magellan. I like that. that's a good name for a pet. That's cute. Yeah, because they probably get into everything anyway, and you're just like be where you have to be, not where you shouldn't be. So I like uh, that. Most my explorers, explorer. unfortunately, did. Yeah. I should name my child Magellan. <laughs> He's always where he shouldn't be. <laughs> okay question number five what celebrities did Penn think everyone in Lugano Switzerland resembled A. Roseanne and Tom Arnold oh. B. Rafa Nadal and Giselle Bunchen. C. Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen. Oh. or D. Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> not Pete oh my absolutely That'd be, so what what is that that would say what like uh the women on lugano say magnifique the men mm, something to be desired they all like spaghetti or like linguine sun or like they're skinny yeah they need to eat more chestnuts yeah uh, or sausage i yeah i've Rose- heard that pete davidson doesn't need any help in the sausage oh, oh there we go <laughs> pete davidson doesn't need to learn how to wrap it uh so the Tom and Roseanne feels like way too insulting, to be frank. Yeah, especially with what Lulu and Lala were saying. Yeah, so as, as yeah, exactly. So we have to think about, okay, so we have to pick like one of Giselle's partners. It yes, seems. agreed. Also, Tom Brady just retired. I was going to say, breaking yeah. is not happening now as we were recording. Literally now right now. Brady wow. Wow. Yeah. Listen, RHAV is making reti- that effect yeah. is happening again. Yeah, listen, like, we're not. I know we're not the uh, sports wrap up the, the great Grace Leader is doing, but like, what a what a week for uh, massive quarterbacks retiring. Yeah, what a week for everybody retiring. Also, my yes. personal favorite re- quarterback, Stephen Breyer, he's off of his team too. <laughs> yeah, very true. Do you think does this line up though, Sasha? You think we're gonna get a big band Tom Brady Amazing Race team for season thirty four? You know. Uh, because I watch Eli and uh, Peyton, like Tom Brady is so funny now. Like I was like, oh, he's kind of irritating. But since that um, episode, I was like, oh, like I'm into Tom Brady. I hope he does something funny because he he actually seems very personable. And I was surprised that I mean, he was the, personable. The Amazing Race could get Big Ben and Tom Brady, but maybe for like Amazing Race forty. Like you cannot yeah. get them fresh out of retirement. You have to do sort of like what we did with the D'Angelo right last season of. He was several years out of the NFL before they brought him on. I think that paycheck would be way too big to bring those two guys. It would like quadruple the Amazing Race's budget if they brought them on. Yeah, like he's like one million. Like what? That's the price you win? Okay, no, that's what you get for winning, dude. We're not yeah, gonna pay yeah. that just for going on the show. Okay, he gets I a million. Know. He gets a million for every ball he throws in the NFL, basically. Yeah, like exactly. why would he go onto the show for that? All right, so it's Tom anyway. and Giselle, or it's Giselle and and who? Rafa Nadal. Rafa Nadal. I believe it's Rafa. Okay, we'll go. We'll go yeah. with them. With them, then. Yep, that's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed the all of the various paths we were led <laughs> down discussing all these different celebrities. I feel like 
I'm up on current events now. Yeah, you're uh, everyone's welcome. What's but... it say about my Twitter feed that there's no mention of Tom Brady on it yet? You well, don't follow the right. That's because like, Sasha's talking with us right now. You know that you'd be filling the timeline at this point. Like I'm surprised <laughs> you follow Chappelle and he hasn't been talking. He hasn't said a word about Tom Brady Ch- retiring. Dude, yet. Chappelle has to sleep sometime. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be sorry you missed it. that breaking news. Oh my god! Yeah, I also think that no one that looks like Tom Brady is in this part of Switzerland. <laughs> like mm. Rafa, it makes a little bit more sense. Also, yeah. Tom Tom Brady would absolutely get like three penalties in the first leg for cheating, right? Like he'd do the thing and be like, <laughs> all right, well, you paid the cab to take you. You accidentally deflated the tires on someone else's car. Like you, you unfortunately are eliminated right now. Yeah, he understuffed his sausage. Mm-hmm, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but because he was Tom Brady, they got away with it, obviously. I, Phil would not tolerate that. Jeff Probst might. Yeah. Jeff Probst would be like, he'd look the other way while he's eating off the craft services. But that's how you play the game. like what did they say when chappies was doing it yeah exactly (laughs) you weren't resourceful enough he is (laughs) yeah listen if only you could be tom brady is really the chappies of survivors (laughs) 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 i can't love coming to this realization and i think only this venn diagram of people could come i know (laughs) that's a good point (laughs) and it's one of those things like I would try to explain it to someone outside of the RHAP universe and I'd be like, well, then um, there was Survivor South Africa and then right. we were talking about how he ate off the craft services table <laughs> and the, people would just be looking at me. It would be like that meme of the, of, you know, me explaining and, you know. Yeah. I, oh, the, oh, yeah. The person explaining the person sitting back on the couch, right? Like slumped. Yeah. yeah. You like me in my house every day. Got yeah, it. that's everyone I know every day of my life when I'm not podcasting. I love it. I was talking love- to someone and they were like, "You podcast about reality TV? Like people listen to that?" And I was like, "Girl, check the stats. Of course they do." <laughs> I mean, I didn't say I that, but I said it nicely. Yeah, like I was like, "Just go on YouTube, look it up." That being said, I don't know how many people are. I don't know how many people are backing you up at the whole Chappies is Tom Brady of Survivor South Africa. No, I, that was a joke, everyone. I don't believe it. I'm telling him as soon as he comes back. Oh my god, not this! But I love Chappies. Fantastic. All right, we got one more, yes. one more question on the Holderness Family Podcast Quiz. Number six: What movie did Penn reference in relation to their navigating skills on this leg? Was it A. The Wizard of Oz? B, Dazed and Confused, C, Dumb and Dumber, or D, Lost in America? Ooh. Ooh. So I know that they got lost for 30 minutes because they were ahead of Ryan and Dusty, uh, but they got lost at the parking lot. Yep. So, Dude, Where's My Car would have been a better. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. Make that, I'll give that note to Kim. Yes, thank you. Doomer's My Car is probably <laughs> the most apt one. What were the first two again? I know Dumb and Dumber and Lost in America. Uh, Wizard of Oz and Dazed and Confused. I feel like Dazed and Confused is a good one. Yeah, because I think Kim talked a little bit, right, on the podcast about how um, there was so much adrenaline that she was just giving horrible directions and Penn knew that it was wrong, but to be a good partner, he kind of went along with it. Yeah. So that's why I think, yeah, I agree, Mike. I think yeah, I think it'd be this thing, it'd be like, it was literally like dazed and confused. We were dazed and we were confused. I, yeah. I'm just feeling that in Penn's cadence right now. And you're sure. saying Kim said it, right? So, because she, I think, was the one feeling Penn it. said it. Oh. Lord. Okay, then if it's, if it's Penn, then I think it's got to be dazed and confused. Yeah, I think I'll. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if they'd like, be that self-denigrating to call themselves dumb and dumber. 
Yeah. Well, unfortunately, uh, Pan would be that dumb. So or that, so I don't know, self-deprecating. Not that dumb, but self, that self-deprecating because he did refer to them as dumb and dumber. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's really sad because they're not. No, Days and Confusions makes sense. It does. Dude, where's my car is probably the best one. Except <laughs> they were in their car while they were navigating and getting lost. True, so. true. But is it a car that a parking lot? Yeah. Is yeah, it like a wears... parking lot movie? <laughs> I can't think of one. They failed. Parking lot sounds like it should be the name of like Ooh. one of those gritty 70s dramas with like oh, Al Pacino. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely definitely the name of like a Martin Scorsese film, right? Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. all takes place in a parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. At work, we'll like, you know, if, if you're in like a facilitation and you're like, that was a great thought, put it in the parking lot. So that's what parking lots remind me of. Mm. But to come back to later, but. Okay. I, well, that's it. Amazing Race producers. Yeah. You have a lot of great twist ideas. Put some in the parking lot. Uh, <laughs> even if you get lost getting there, like you'll you put it away, find a, a good time for it. Don't feel like you have to just drive it out there and immediately debut it. Find a place for it in the parking lot. I'm Talk picturing like. Mike. Yeah, the writer, the writer's room of the Amazing Race just like constantly talks in auto and road metaphors all the time. Oof! <laughs> They'd be like, "Let's get their engine started. We got, we got to come up with the next detour." Yeah, yeah do you but think really, life, life as a highway is just looping in the background? Oh, the entire time? <laughs> yeah, we really got to stay in our lane on this one. Yeah, exactly. Red light. Let's break this down right now. <laughs> Oh, they probably have that. I get, I'm assuming visuals of like, this is absolutely we're never going to do. And that's red light. It's like, mm. we need to work on this mm. yellow. And then it's like, absolutely correct. We are doing this next yeah. season. Green light. Going to Samoa is the green light. Yes. Yeah. I like this. I mean, if we do it, ever do an amazing race think tank, I think that sort of is the, uh, the methodology, yeah. the term terminology we can use. Yes. I like it very much. Yeah. Okay, so that's the quiz. We've got some more things in the podcast digest because as of last night, Kim was saying, oh, the only one that dropped was the Holiness family, so I don't have anything else for you. But apparently in the meantime, Lulu and Lala did have their podcast drop and also Dusty and Kayla. So we have a few tidbits from there. But I wanted to start, I wanted to stay on the Holiness family for a minute because the one thing that I think really makes this the must listen, if you're going to listen to two podcasts about the amazing race all week i think you got to go with ours and you got to go with theirs no because, i also, yes yeah, <laughs> i mean true. start with ours because you know i've got a stake in that one but um <sighs> it, it, they do a zoom call after every episode with anyone from the race who can make it oh, and then they put it at the yeah. end of the podcast <laughs> so almost everyone was on this and it was terrific it was just really fun to listen to it was like if if amazing race had a reunion show this is what it would be like but we get it every week. And so we did hear a little bit from Akbar, who's feeling a little bit attacked right now. Um, and so he he had a few things to say about people that say he's mean to Sherry. And he just points out that they're both athletes and that's how they motivate each other. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit on the recap where that's probably just how they speak to each other all the time. Yeah. But it's a little jarring if that's not the dynamic you have with your spouse. Yeah. Yeah. I also, I think Akbar says, like, the white girl's got to stop coming for me. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes, he did. I wasn't going to say it, but I had to. Um, And then Arun goes, what about the brown girls? (laughs) Of course, Arun seems like the type of guy, like, I haven't watched the Zoom, but let me just, like, throw out the way Arun is. I feel like Arun is the one who, like, 
just hangs back, very polite, doesn't say anything, but like every time he does, it's a nugget of gold. That's yeah, my yep. assumption as to how a rune yes. is on the Zoom call. Am I right? <laughs> That's that seems accurate, yes. Like I didn't even know he was on the call for the first five minutes of it. And then it's like, oh wow, there's a rune. Yeah. I just and, and no one like even acknowledged that that was said. <laughs> and I was like, no, this is the funniest part. What do you mean? <laughs> That's really what, cute. You know, we, we we talk about, you know, obviously the Amazing Race 32 cast was super close because they had to wait so long for their season to come out. It seems like the Amazing Race 33 cast had similar circumstances with the blip. So it is interesting. It does seem like of all the CBS big three, the Amazing Race is the one that probably keeps the closest tight-knit cast overall uh, just due to, I don't know if it's the different circumstances versus the other shows, you know, the fact that they're competing against each other, but not really. It just seems like a lot of Fun kumbaya between the teams, which I really enjoy. Yeah, well, it's very unique circumstances. You know, the fact that you were all like allowed to be on a group chat before you finished the race probably contributed to that a bit. Um, so let's see. There were the other. There was a lot of interesting talk about how the race tasks and especially the tasks this particular week affected them emotionally. And Kim pointed out that. All of the adrenaline that flooded her body when she did the jump really kind of overwhelmed her for the rest of the episode. And so she was kind of not not really able to process everything. And then at the end of the leg, she just sort of had this complete breakdown because it was just so much in one day. And I could I think that's something we wouldn't necessarily know from watching the show. But I bet it's something that happens more often than you think. Yeah, I mean, the killer fatigue is one of the biggest like underlying parts of the race in my opinion of just how tired you get and it definitely affects your decision making later on and yeah I didn't even think about the fact that both in the lead up to and the subsequent jump you know I feel like so much of her energy was expended that she probably was just absolutely wiped the rest of the rest of the day when she still had to race yeah a lot of people I think even when they skydive they say that they literally a lot I've a few YouTubers have done this that I follow that they just took a nap in the car right after because they said it was so much like just adrenaline and everything pumping that they completely crash after. Wow. Yeah. So that I like forgot about it until just, yeah, I heard Kim say that and I was like, well, duh. How did I not like, how did I not think of that? That would affect your racing abilities. Yeah. It's weird that they do this every season and this is the first time I've heard of that, but it makes Mm -hmm. perfect sense. It's got to be something that happens to most people, maybe not that intensely, but it has to be something that you have to factor in. So if you're studying up on like what you think is going to happen when you yourself go on the amazing race, factor that in. And again, it's a good argument in favor of going bungee jumping or going skydiving before you go on the race. So you know how you feel after. Yeah. Also, that's a shout out to the Amazing Race 3. Now, I feel bad for those teams because remember, they started the race by skydiving in Mexico, Mm -hmm. I believe. Uh, So, like, imagine having to start the race with that, essentially, and then carry on in a very stressful environment. Oh, my God. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. All right. So then uh, Lulu and Lala's podcast has dropped and they had uh, Arun and Natalia on as guests. And this was an interesting bit of insight into how things were during the blip for the teams that didn't think they were coming back. And so they had a lot less time to prepare like the other racers because they had so little notice and they were basically told by production that they might be part of the race, like maybe at a pit stop or they'd come to the finish line. 
And it was very late in the process that they found out that they were going to be allowed to actually race. And they thought the other racers might actually be angry that they were allowed to come back, but they also kind of didn't care. Interesting. So, yeah, maybe that sort of accounts for obviously you have the Ryan and Dusty, right? Like running on mountaintops, carrying boulders to knowing when they were that they were going to eventually come back. But Arun and Natalia, they said that they did try to practice navigation in the interim. But maybe one of the reasons why they fell back into old habits is because they probably did not have as much time to prepare as they would have ideally had if they had known ahead of time that they were coming. Yeah, and I think on the podcast, which is why I have decided I need to be kinder to them, um, is that I think Arun even said, right, that he he was working at the restaurant the Sunday and then they left on a Monday. So that, oh, yeah. Wow. So wow. that, I, I can't remember which, but like, was it their own, you know, um, podcast or a recap or Lulu and Lala? I can't remember. But either way, I know that Arun was talking about that. And that's when I was like, okay, I just, it's either that y'all just had no idea and, you know, um, I feel like we're forgetting that they were still, or we are still, but they were definitely still in the middle of a pandemic. And as frontline workers, right, um, in the restaurant industry, uh, I can't imagine how hard, uh, they were hit. Uh, my mom owns a, you know, uh, a place at the mall, um, an eyebrow threading place. And I mean, it's constant struggle to get people to uh, work for not because they don't want to but it's more just like covid um and people get infected so that's something also i completely forgot about and i can't imagine like the tax that's on your brain to think about those logistics in addition to prepping after you got eliminated yeah it's it's a lot i think you would really I think you would really struggle in normal circumstances to keep yourself sharp especially like you don't know how long the blip is yeah like yeah. we can look at this from, you know, 2020 hindsight and say, oh, well, if I'd been off for 19 months, like you don't know you're off for 19 months, you know, nope. you think you might be off for three then you think it might be six and then you start thinking maybe it'll never happen. So mm -hmm. it, it's the uncertainty of that on top of the uncertainty of literally everything else in the world that had to be tough. Exactly. That's why I also give some excuse to like Akbar and Sherry as well, specifically Sherry. Right. I've certainly have seen people being like, you knew you're coming back to the race. Why did you not train more? It, there's a secret scene from last week in which Akbar and Sherry talk about what they did during the blip, which I, I mentioned in our last week's recap about how, you know, they essentially didn't like the school shut down, but their program didn't shut down. They changed it to instead feeding the entire community, which in, instead I would say is even probably more stressful than keeping the school on after hours. And then they continued the lights on program once school came back as well. So I mean, they probably just didn't have as much time to hit the gym as they probably would have, uh, specifically Akbar. So that's why, to Sasha's point, I'm also thinking, giving a bit of an excuse to these teams of, yeah, there should have been preparations that, you know, the team should have made ideally. But at the same time, they were also dealing with gestures around to the world in general that I think mm -hmm. if they weren't able to dedicate their time to training for the Amazing Race by they, like they did before, that's very much understandable. Yeah, yeah totally get it. And then um, Dusty and Kayla dropped their podcast as well. And so we've talked a lot about how Dusty was going full Hans and Franz during the blip. But apparently he had like literally, again, everything in the world going differently for him. Um, and so he mentioned on the podcast that during the blip, he found out his wife was pregnant had a serious shoulder injury and had to have surgery. They moved to Colorado and opened a bed and breakfast. His son was born in February 2021 and his father died in April of 2021. And that inspired him to get healthy 
year and he lost 25 pounds. And I'm like, all of this. And also he's like the guy in the best shape of everybody on the show. This is like the plot of five movies crammed into yeah. one 19-month period. Oh, my God. Oh, well, that's hashtag 2021. Wow. And this is why what? I can't even get mad if they win. Because I was like, yeah, you don't think this person deserves to win? Are you kidding me? Of course they do. Something why I did find so interesting good? is uh, one of the secret scenes this week at the pit stop, Raquel and Kayla, or I think it's actually in the car, uh, when Raquel and Kayla are on one of their many, like, oh, we're doing so awesome uh, jags. They talk about how Ryan and Dusty, but Dusty specifically, apparently has this attitude of like, the race is ours. It's in the bag. It, I mean, I guess we'll, maybe we'll see more of that next week. If that's the case, I would love to see it. Uh, because like you said, Sasha, like right now, they seem very competent. They seem a little goofy, but they seem like fine guys. Yeah. And we talked about this on the podcast, Jess, that like if the narrative is indeed slowly becoming, can anyone defeat Ryan and Dusty? Very much like Justin and Diana from season 27. Then I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Like, not that they're becoming the villains, but like if they're cocksure, let me see that cocksure. Yeah, it's true. It, it, the fact that they still have that human element to them right now doesn't kick them out of the running to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I oh, it's like between them two and Kim and Penn, like that. That's I don't know. It's so hard because uh, mm-hmm. I know y'all talked about Lulu and Lala or like the all girl team, but it's just the math is that's what I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Let's see. Oh. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So anyway, thanks again to Kim Reed for doing all of this podcast listening and making some really detailed notes for us and also for writing this great quiz. And um, I'm hoping that we can have her on as a tar pit, tar pit guest for some point later in the future because she's really great. Yeah. And I was a, a big chwap reader back in the day. That's why the whole killer fatigue thing came from. Uh, in yep. the beginning. So yeah, thank you, Kim. And hopefully more recaps for weeks to come, provided any more racers don't make any more podcasts <laughs> recapping the amazing race. <laughs> yeah, so somebody else is Akbar yeah. and Cherry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, that's they're it. too busy. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So let's get into just already sort of started the game ball rolling, but I'm going to continue with with it here. I have one and she has one. Uh, I'll go first here because this comes from Felipe sent me essentially uh, a quiz called this country and amazing race history. So to 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 car to car is it's not it's not as good as Twish, uh, but that sort of is what we're going with here because the racers in these past two weeks went to Switzerland. Far from the first time they ended up visiting this country. Uh, and so this is going to be a very simple 
true false quiz about all the different visits that the Amazing Race US has made to Switzerland. And I'm going to have the two of you work together on this one. Uh, Sasha was about to be like flop sweating if she found out she was facing <laughs> Jessica Lee's in Amazing Race. Imagine. Trivia. I just, I want anyone listening to imagine you're going against Jessica Lee's, please. And then just goodbye. It was nice being on the show. And meanwhile, I'm like, I have to remember Amazing Race history. That's, um, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder as we're 33 seasons deep. True. And some of these shows I haven't watched since they were on. You're telling me you can't name every single team in order? I think Mike could, but I can't. No, there's a lot of seasons that I'm just I'm like, kidding. oh, yes, something in something, dating couple. That's like the the, the vast majority yes. of gray matter is just the, those random names that end up bleeding out. Typically, again, the dating couples, because we get so many of them in an amazing race season. 100% yeah, agree. Like, like oh, I, he, I'll see you and then I'll forget you existed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he was very tall and she had straight blonde hair. That's every dating couple between season three and season 24. Yeah. And no half lines. of them won. So yeah. that also doesn't help things. That doesn't help. All right. So we'll have the two of you work together on this one. Again, each question is going to be true or false. So question number one. Uh, we have 33 seasons, obviously, of The Amazing Race. True or false, including season 33, we have been to Switzerland in less than 10 seasons. Less than 10. Mm, I would say that's true. I think it's yeah. probably it's probably eight or nine. Yeah, because I, I can imagine like I know that we've gone to Switzerland a lot, but I feel like they moved around Europe a good amount. Yeah, I can yeah. think of like four times that I can remember. Right. So you are correct. And Jess was very right on the money. Uh, it was eight. 10 pit stops total. Uh, there were two legs in seasons three and seasons 18. But yep, only eight times out of 33 have we visited Switzerland. All right. All right. Let's go back to, I think this was the first season. Season three, the aforementioned season three. True or false? In season three, Ian yelled, this is more important than your pants falling down at Terry in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. Like, that I feel like sounds that's a, right. Right. Like, I feel like that's ex yeah. If you're more worried about pants falling down and me making like to a pit stop, then I'm gonna yell that. Yeah, and Mike knows the two word phrase that comes to mind when Ian and Terry come up. Oh, uh, some ass hat, right? Paper underwear. Paper. Oh, paper underwear. <laughs> I, I remember ass hat was part of the yeah. recaps as well. That was like part of the Ian's recaps. Little, yeah, Ethan's, uh, Ian's dog flap hat. Yes, that is correct. I would have gotten this one wrong because I conflated it with Flo and Zach had a pants quote, uh, oh. which was also an episode title called "Why Did You Have to Take Your Pants Off?" Where, if you remember, <laughs> a true pastiche of the early two thousands, Zach had the long pants that unzipped into the shorts. Oh, and yeah. I remember it was it was a task where they had to put together and ride a bike, and he unzipped the pants. And that put them in last place. Uh, and so I would have thought that was Flo's quote of this is more important than your pants falling down. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think of other people. I was like, can one person say that to the other? Correct. So let's go with it. Yeah, seems appropriate. Yeah. True or false? In season 14, the teams had to carry heavy cheese up a hill in Switzerland. Yeah, I think that was Ooh, yes. that was the first season of the cheese. Yeah, because I was like, I definitely remember the cheese task. Don't know where it was, but I feel like, yes. 
The episode title was also Don't Let a Cheese Hit Me. <laughs> yep. So that is correct. The very first leg in Amazing Race 14, which also featured the uh, the the bungee jump off the Veracruz Bridge. <laughs> very nice, Mike. All right. Oh. You're doing so well so far. Three for three. Here we go. In season 18, true or false, there were two tasks focused on Velocilex bikes in Switzerland. Oh, my God. The F is a Velocilex yeah. bike. I thought you were going to say Velocicoaster or like Velociraptor. Velociraptor. Yeah. Velocipede. Yeah, Switzerland, well known for its Velociraptors. I don't know what's preserved in the glaciers. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I'm going false on that one because I don't remember that word and I feel like I would have practiced saying it. Right? Because I yeah, feel like I'm, there's... Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I listen, I, I'm, I'm reading them right off the page. I don't even know if this is the right way to pronounce it, but that is correct. Uh, it was in Austria that they had to do the Velocilex bike. Again, okay. my apologies if I mispronounced it. All right. I I will take your word for it. I'm not even going to Google it right now. Right. Velo, so, Velo Soul X? Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Uh, now I'm Googling it. Yeah. Me too. They don't even look special. Like they don't look like Peloton bikes. They just look like bikes. Oh yeah. Velo- oh, they're those cute like retro bikes. Oh, those are cute. Yeah. Oh, I didn't well, know that's what they were called. <laughs> oh, they're they're motorized. Oh, how cute! I want if one. I saw a picture of them, I think I would have answered that it happened. So I'm glad I did not Google before. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that's what those were called. All right, such Let's, a hardcore name for such a cute bike. I know yeah. that's the name deceives it. Yeah. All right, let's move on here to season twenty-two. True or false? In season twenty-two, teams had to build a model train track in Switzerland. That was not in Switzerland, right? I was that was in Berlin. Yeah, but they had to do some conducting, also, right? Or the clue was on the yeah, I yeah. Think, I don't think it's. Wow, y'all got season 22 okay. nailed. That is correct. Yes, it was Ooh. indeed in Germany that they had to build a model train track. I do better with the ones I podcasted about. I don't remember them. All I remembered with Berlin was this. Was that the one where they had like the night disco or, or something where they had, had to the wear, giant like, letters? Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking about. Yeah, the giant letters. That was the other half of that detour. You could build the track or you could carry the giant letters. Oh, the letters were horrible. Yes, now I remember what you're talking about. I love those letters. I want one. <laughs> All right. Next question. In season 24, true or false, teams had to clean up a rock star's disgusting hotel room in Switzerland. Now, I'm sorry, just that I have to remind you the Amazing Race 24 exists, but... Oh, yeah, Helga. Yeah, I was like, I for sure remember this task also. But a a rock star in Switzerland, does that make sense? Was that in Switzerland even? Right. I remember Dave flirting with the maid, but... Yeah, I just... Do rock stars go to Switzerland? <laughs> I I don't know. I don't know that I would trash a hotel room in Switzerland. Right. Like you're like, neutral, but I don't know that you're that neutral. How hard are you partying in Switzerland? <laughs> Hello, Zurich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like again, this could be like a another European country that this hat. I mean Season 24 was phoning it in pretty hard. They might have just stuck this task anywhere, but I don't feel like this was a trick question. Are we like pen and raying it and, you know, talking ourselves out of the basic answer? Yeah, I just, I can't imagine that's in Switzerland. I feel like 
They've yeah, I'm going to say false. Yeah. You're right and penned it. It's true. Oh! A rock stardom in Twitter? What the hell? I mean, I, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why they said to clean up a rock star's place in Switzerland. That's an odd choice, to say the least. So oh. weird. So weird. Now somebody's going to add us about that. Well, yeah. actually, one time Mick Jagger was in Geneva. Yeah, he was he was at the Geneva Convention, Mick Jagger, famously. <laughs> Listen, he probably got lost because I don't think that he was supposed to be in Switzerland. Yeah, yeah. He, he drove an hour in the other direction. Can't get no satisfaction or a map. Uh, all right, only a couple of questions left. That was the first one you got wrong. So again, making very, very good work. Question seven, true or false, in season 28, teams had to identify the 10 founding flags of the United Nations in Switzerland. Ooh. What I season? Re- season 20, uh, 28. This is the social, uh, social media mogul season, right? Okay, yeah. The, yeah. the pre-Pen and Kim season. <laughs> yeah. I remember the task, but I don't remember. Exactly. That's my problem. I can remember. Yeah, like I was like, I know exactly the task and how they had to do it. Switzerland. I mean, I'll go ahead and say I, I would guess it's true. I remember the task being a thing. I don't know if that was Switzerland or not, but I mean, with you and it's something to do with the UN. Again, I, I think I'm it's a reach. But, you know, is it that like, oh, Switzerland is like neutral and the UN is supposed to be neutral? Is that why they picked Switzerland? But I don't know. All yeah, right. let's go with true. That is true. Oh, yeah. And I, have, and I have no idea why if it's like, oh, it's the symbol of neutrality. But yeah, there's this, it was this weird leg where they went from Colombia to Switzerland. And then like after the roadblock, literally after they did this task, they were told to go to France. So it was like right on the cusp of not being in Switzerland. But they decided to, to keep it in Switzerland for this task. Oh. Okay, sure. I was, it doesn't make sense for France either, but yes. I was trying to think back to like favorite Switzerland moments on The Amazing Race, and I couldn't remember if the fondue from season 18 was that in Switzerland. No, I, oh, actually, let me look it up. I can't remember if it was, because we know obviously from a previous question that they were in Switzerland. Uh, and they spent a couple of legs there. So I know oh, the first one was the first one was up in the mountains with search and rescue. And then they had to make the chocolate gnome. I remember that was a big. Ooh, deal. Oh, yeah. I remember that one now. Yes. And the awesome. second one is. Nope. Uh, the second detour was. Uh, uh, oh, no, actually, it was. Yeah, oh, it was sorry. in Zermatt. Yeah. I yeah. Sorry. I, I, I skipped down to the second one. The first one was cheese or wheeze. Uh, cheese where you had stretch. to finish the fondue on the Ferris wheel, and wheeze where you had to dress up like bellhops and lug around a bunch of luggage. It wasn't on the. It wasn't on the oh, Ferris so wheel. Another the Ferris hotel wheel room task, yeah. Oh, that's. I always mix that up. Yeah, I was thinking of the other thing you have to eat while you're on the Ferris wheel. So that's interesting, yeah, though. I like Zevin Justin. Yeah. Well, you know, it's easy because they're already they've already blocked off that area. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> All right, final question, and it's the final appearance of Switzerland prior to season 33, or is it? Uh, true or false? In season 31, aka the reality star season, the U-turn vote happened in Switzerland. So, talking about one-time twists, the infamous U-turn vote where the teams were gathered and said, vote for who's going to be U-turned. Did that happen in Switzerland or not? Oh my god, yes. I can literally see it. They no, were in the... No. Oh my god. Oh my god. Was I it- can see where it happened, too. Oh. Yeah, they're like in this like kind of open where thing. you know the same place. I feel like where they canceled the race. I feel like it looked uh, it looked oh, very similar. Oh, yeah, looked okay. 
I'm going to say yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, okay. it did. Uh, okay. Schultz specifically said it was because Switzerland was, as he vocalized during the restart, like the most neutral country uh, and talked about, I think he think he mentioned the Geneva Convention there as well, of like where, t- where people would gather to like make decisions. And that's where they did the infamous U-turn vote where there was all that drama between the, the Riley Slater sisters and Victor and Nicole. Yeah, I was like, I remember all of that, but not the country. Yeah. Well, so well, congratulations. Save one question where you essentially like talk yourselves out of it. You got everyone correct. So teamwork does make the dream work. Yeah. And it was season 24, which doesn't count. As I know, right? <laughs> exactly. You're the true winners for forgetting about season 24. That was our blip. <laughs> yeah, season 24 can just like drown in fondue. <laughs> don't even care. All right, Jess, finish us off. What do you have? All right, I'm going to bring us home with a quiz that I like to call Sausage or Nut. And so you guys can play cooperatively on this one. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a name of something and you tell me whether it is a sausage or a nut or neither. (laughs) Oh, a little bit of a eunuch situation. Well, yeah. Oh, my word. (laughs) Like these words could be, it could be something associated with sausage. It could be something associated with nut or it could be neither one. Oh boy. All right. Ooh. All right. Okay. So here we go. Number one, Filbert. Oh, I think that's, I feel like that's the name of a nut. That's, yeah. I, a nut I, I don't think sausage. So. All right. Correct. That is a nut. All right. Next up, we got Merguez. What? Merguez. 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 Is that a sausage? Correct. That's a sausage. There we go. Okay, nice. Okay. Monkey puzzle. Monkey Monkey puzzle puzzle? sausage. No, monkey puzzle nut. Monkey puzzle nut maybe makes sense, but is it a neither? I mean, I guess if if it's like a monkey's puzzle where like they can't crack the nut, like maybe they refer to it as a monkey puzzle, right? Because like, oh, it's so it puzzles the monkeys. Monkey puzzle also sounds like a euphemism for something. Uh, Right. I, ooh, if they're if they're if I have to choose between the two, it'd be nut. But I don't know if it's yeah. nut or neither, which sounds like another. Yeah, I, I'm between thing. nut or neither. <laughs> but you know, yellow is it nut? Is it nut? Let's nut. <laughs> All right, you may nut. It is correct. Oh, <laughs> oh my word! You allowed me to nut. Finally, <laughs> you allowed to nut. Please share this for best of <laughs> this week in RJP. We are just getting started. Oh boy. All right. Next up, we've got Chalua. Chalua. I can see that as a sausage name. Yeah. I mean, it's close to like, yeah, Chalua sounds like it's close to chorizo. Chalua is also close to Kalua, which is a liquor. Yeah. Oh. So so that's what I was thinking, but then I got distracted by Kalua. So maybe it is a sausage. I feel like, yeah. Going to sausage? Sausage? Okay. Correct. That is a sausage. Okay. Nice. Nice. That is a Vietnamese sausage. Oh. Okay. Next up, Luconico. Luconico. Is that where the FBI people go to train? Not Quantico, Mike. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That was a good thing, neither. (laughs) Oh my God. Lucano nut. Luconico nut. I, lo- I love that you're now like, okay, does this does this fit in a frame? Yeah, I'm like really trying <laughs> to market it, brand, branding. Luconico sausage. Do you like Luconico sausages or Luconico nut better? I think sausage, but oh my God, is it neither? <laughs> we haven't had it neither let's, let's, let's go with neither. Let's go off the table here. Is it neither? 
Incorrect. It is a sausage. Oh, oh. should have gone with first. Uh, we just, yep, you're pen and ran yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Heliconia. Heliconia. That's giving nut. That's giving. That's giving me <laughs> nut energy. <laughs> <laughs> Heliconia sauce. Yeah. Heliconia no, I, I'm feeling you as well. Heliconia does sound like a type of nut. I mean, maybe it's also close to Patagonia. I'm just <laughs> with, like, what does it sound like to me? <laughs> like a jacket brand. <laughs> That's also a geographic place, Mike. Just no, nope, sure it's, you know. it's just a jacket. <laughs> they named <laughs> the country after the, the, the area after the jacket. Uh, Capitalism. Should we? Should we nut? Let's nut. All right, let's it's not. not. T- it's not time oh. to nut. This is neither. A heliconia oh. is a type of flower. Oh, oh, God. It does sound like that now that I think about it. All mm. right. Next up, we got longaniza. I think longaniza's got to be a sausage, right? Like, yeah. I know that's sort of playing into it, but I, I feel like it's right Maybe it's not nine feet, but it's still a <laughs> It's still Longanisa. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Long- Longanisa sausage. You're correct. That is a sausage. Okay. <laughs> All right. Karuka. Oh, that that could be both. That could be both. Karuka nut sounds like the name of a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do we do? Oh, we Karuka nut. That's how we get it. That's how we get the meat inside. <laughs> Yeah, I I like the nut, but uh, it could be either or. That's hard. Uh, yeah. I'm let's well, let's go with nut. We'll say nut. Yeah, let's do it. Correct. That's a nut. Oh, nice. First right. gut is correct. Got it. <laughs> yep. Your your gut said nut. <laughs> That's what I want. Cross stitch on the other side. If you can tame it, you can tame it. <laughs> All oh right. My God. Next up, we got Anababa. Anababa. Sausage. You think sausage? I thought nut. Oh, not a baba nut. I just think it flows so well. This is like a Middle Eastern thing, maybe, right? Now I'm thinking about like what's what could probably be in the delicacies there, right? And nut would make more, or neither. Is it a spice or something? Yeah, you know what? Maybe it's this thing where if we can't agree, we should go neither. We should just okay. go with the third option. Let's third try party. it. All right. That is incorrect. That is a nut. It is a cultivar oh, of hazelnut. Oh. oh, man. Is it, is it from the Middle East? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it, it also could be, it, it reminded me of Addis Ababa, which obviously yeah. is in Ethiopia. So I was like, wait. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got Malabar. Malabar. Oh, I believe that's a Oh my god. Is it? An, I think that's a nut. Malabar. Or Malabar. Malabar sounds like the name of a city. Yeah. But I guess maybe the oh city's named after god. the nut. Maybe it's not a nut. Maybe the neat Malabar sausage? I feel I feel like I've heard this with something and I don't know where. I've oh heard no, alright. Well let's I'll I'll go with your gut then. What no, what do you oh think? Oh my god. I don't know. Were you thinking not? Then I think we could try. I mean, let's try nut. Let's, yeah. let's see. All right, you're correct. That one is a nut. Ooh. Oh my god. That's a chestnut cultivar. Bless. <laughs> All right. Next up, we got castorium. 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 That sounds like so a to- panic room. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like an, uh, like an asylum. Yeah, or like a BDSM thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like uh, Christian Grey is like, yeah. know, I'm going to show you my castorium. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so I feel like it's either going to be sausage or neither. Like this, I'm I'm no nutting right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do sausage. Let's go sausage. All right, it is neither. Oh. Castorium is a secretion that comes from a beaver. Oh my god! Oh, so we should have gotten that, and we would have been right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, oh, no, it's nowhere near that. Technicality. Technicality. Oh, 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 oh Malabar is a type of parata. That's why I knew it. Oops. <laughs> anyway, I just needed to look at it. it's an Indian food. Oh, oh sure. okay. That yeah, I was sense. like, wait, I've heard. This. <laughs> All right. All right, next up we got Mongongo. Oh, Mongongo. That's like Mofongo. Is, yeah, is not like, like a yeah. Caribbean dish. Right. Also, I'm looking up Castorium. I'm pretty sure there was a an episode of The Angry Beavers about Castorium, which I I'm think sure is there now, was. Now I mean, how I know about it. Yeah. Uh, they use it to make uh, perfume. Oh, okay. Interesting. I'm into All it. All right. So, uh, okay, Mugongo. I feel like it has to be one of the two. And I think it's got to be nut. Yeah, I like the yeah. yeah. You're correct. It is a nut. It just sounds nicer. Yeah, I was like, I, I like it. Works. It works. Okay. Um, next, we have Anduya. That's a sausage, right? Because Andouille sausage. Oh, oh. I, Sasha. Yes, I think. Oh. That's, I think that's totally <laughs> I think, it. You're correct. It is a sausage. <laughs> Because I think that totally makes sense coming from like the African side of things to like the like the New Orleans stuff, right. right? Like it makes sense that it would sort of maybe be interpreted interpret interpolated from Anduya to Andui. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Whew, there's someone that keeps kosher. Look at me. I might be talking <laughs> out of my ass there, but that that sounds like that would make sense. Yeah. Watch us again. Someone's gonna add us. Actually, it's from Switzerland. <laughs> All right. So next up, we got gooey duck. Ooh, oh, okay. gooey, gooey ducks a sausage. Yeah, because I was like, I've seen too many shows with gooey ducks. Yep, too many times where they're like, the, it's the gross proteins challenge. Like, oh man, I got yeah, I got the like, gooey duck. Like that. Yeah, I don't wait, but gooey. Hold on, hold on. Gooey duck is like I don't believe. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. Oh wait, it looks oh, wait, like this. It neither. has a thing. No, I think it's neither. Wait, I take it back. It's neither. Okay, we could go with neither. You're correct. A gooey duck is a type oh. of clam. Yeah, okay, because I was like, it has a big arm of the clam. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. I, I totally a, agree. Yeah, yes. All right, cool. Uh, canarium. Canarium. Castorium? <laughs> this time it's a squirrel? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are all these woodland creatures come, doing with their bodies? Uh, all right, so. Canarium nut? Canarium nut. <laughs> makes more sense right and by the way i did i did did look it up and it does seem like uh andouille is a variation of andouille sauce. okay cool mm. so we weren't makes completely sense. we yeah. weren't completely off no you're yeah. right uh all right so okay. i want to say neither for the meme at this point all right well a canarium is a type of nut oh oh well, I was waiting for the animal secretion, you know. Yeah, I, I only had one animal secretion in there. <laughs> oh man, that That's one's you just really for you, R A T P O C. Okay, snorkers. 
Snorker. Snorker sounds like a brand of something, but I don't know if that's well. The that's name like Smuckers, right? Yeah, that's. Yeah. I guess I was thinking name like Snorkers. Snorkely. <laughs> Snorkers. Snorkers sausage. Again, that sounds more like a brand, but like I could see that as opposed to Snorkers nut. Nut. Yeah, Snorkers. Nut. Snorkers sounds like more of a brand than. So, yeah, so it might be neither then. Ah, oh, that's so hard. Yeah, that's that's. All right, we're we'll going neither. All right, it is a sausage. It is a British slang term for sausages. Oh, what? Ooh, oh, okay. Like, let's go get some snorkers. Sure. It's like not as getting whirled out of this. Better, better <laughs> than banger, I suppose, in terms of a sausage Ooh. euphemism. I guess so. Oh, that's what bangers and mashes. Yeah, bangers oh. and mashes, sausage and mashed potatoes. Oh, you've never been fed by Mrs. Featherbottom, clearly. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh dear. Okay, next up, YOLO. Not this. Oh, okay. Do you feel? I feel like. All right. So let's let's big brain this because it could yes. have been obviously like, oh, it's neither. It's a phrase circa two thousand. Well, it's a. <laughs> It's a county in Davis. It could also be that they named a brand of nuts YOLO because they wanted to keep it hip for the kids. The kids haven't been eating nuts. So they're like, we're going to be like, here's Macklemore branded nuts. They're called YOLO. Yeah, I mean, oh my God. Yeah, I mean, YOLO County does exist. It, that's where UC Davis is. It's in mm. YOLO County. Oh, uh, what a time to go to nuts. school. There. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've. Yeah, let's do it. Let's try yeah, it. YOLO nuts. Yep, YOLO. You are correct. Um, your reasoning is faulty, but you yeah, got it. <laughs> <laughs> have the complete wrong logic. I, although now I want that. I want it to be like you know next to the next to the sunflower seeds at the convenience store. Oh, um, it's a type of walnut, apparently. Oh, okay. I thought it was something you know how like they sometimes name like species of spiders or other things out of like pop culture they're like oh yeah yolo nuts chad spider yeah chad spider would say <laughs> yolo nuts is chad's this chad the tarantula is now the mascot of, yeah and he, and he wears like a backwards cap nuts. yes i oh, like dude. it For so now reason, i'm gonna have to look, yeah chad spider wants you to eat nuts yolo nuts you better be eating those yolo nuts <laughs> or he'll come visit you damn it i'm gonna have to draw this now yeah, please. Chad Spider. I need it. But you have to Chad draw him Spider. like the Chad meme, right? It's like Chad yeah. Spider versus what, like a uh, nerd fly, <laughs> virgin fly. Well, I think is what it is. I think I, I want the packaging on the Yolo nuts with like yes. Chad Spider telling everybody, you know, you're gonna love my nuts. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Because Yolo, you, you, exactly. Yeah, I like prepare it. to get nutted. Oh yeah, yeah. Get your nut. Um. All right. So next up, we got Chipolata. Oh, chipolata. Sausage? I think it's sausage as well. We, let's go with it. Let's go with sausage. All right, it is a sausage. Oh. Yay. Nice. Okay. I like it. Sounds good, yeah. Uh, mulita. 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 Nut? Mulita nut? Mulita nut? <laughs> Will you eat a nut? It's, it's like Molina nut. <laughs> well, yo, yo. This guy will do anything. Molina nut. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So now I, I think for the pun. Now we this have to do so, it. Now it's going to be Molina nut. Listen, I'm all about the meme and clout here. So let's do it. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Molina no ta no nuts, but Molina taco. 
Oh, oh. Lita is a type of taco. I was gonna say if it was a nut, that could have been Chad Spider's catchphrase for no yellow nut. This Molina yeah. nut. <laughs> True. All right, and finally, our last one: lap chung. That's a sausage, right? Trying to think. There's I feel like there's lap chung, which is tea. Uh, oh, but lap chung, lap chung sausage. Yeah, I don't think it's lap chung nut. No, I, really I think just and just went with just went with the neither. So I think we're gonna go sausage here. Yep, you're correct. It is yes. sausage. You guys did really great. I didn't keep track, so I don't know how great you did, but I'm proud of you. We won. The tr- Yay. The true winner is marketing for their new brand, YOLO Nuts. <laughs> it's true. And um, I, I feel like we kept it family, and that was also good. Kept it in the family, much like you like to do when you nut. <laughs> <laughs> right. And now we need the explicit. Yeah, so now- I did an entire I did an entire quiz about sausage and nuts, and Mike Bloom is the one that gets the credit for taking it all the way. No, uh, listen, you Jesse, is there most it. of the way. You yeah. have to, I wouldn't. You walk so I could run. Uh, so thank you, and thank you for teaching us what comes out of beavers as well. Like we yes. learned so much today between Switzerland, <laughs> what they're known for. If they're known for belts, apparently they're also known for bikes. Uh, they're known for cheese, and we know a lot about now nuts and sausage as well. So, and beavers. Pod- yeah, who's to say podcast can't be educational? Uh, this was this was truly fantastic, Sasha. <laughs> thank you so much for getting to come on. I love talking reality TV with you in general, uh, let alone something like the Amazing Race that you have clearly so much passion for that you're talking about it every week over on a Silent Podcast. Uh, why don't you talk a bit about that as well as all the other podcasts that you have going on? Yeah, um, I yeah, I, every week I cover the amazing race. It's just it's for fun. Um, not like I said, please watch this podcast first to get all the like information, and then maybe you can come to Silent Podcast for just um, nuts or sausage, basically. Uh, so yeah, I'm covering that every week with a new guest. Uh, this week I had uh, Naomi Calhoun on, uh, and we talked a lot about uh, just like silly things, obviously, and then behind the show of reality, like TV. Mm-hmm. Um and you know what goes on so go check that out it's anywhere you listen to podcasts um it's out and um also I was on the celebrity celebrity big brother I don't know deep dive like trying to teach Rob and Taryn who the real housewives are so um I was just on that yesterday so also go check that out um I'm assuming you already have but still Make sure you do. Uh, and I think that's it for me. So if you want to know what else I'm up to, you can follow me on Twitter at funsize underscore oh four. Yeah, I really recommend the deep dive into the celebrities, particularly because I think the general consensus reaction to the Celebrity Big Brother cast was like, huh. And I think Sasha does a really <laughs> great job of being able to just get into like who they are first and foremost and what that might possibly mean for what we're going to yeah. do over the next month. <laughs> I mean, listen, if Cynthia Bailey does a, a Fruit Loop friendship contract, then we'll know, Sasha, that your research was truly not for naught. Thank you. That, that's all I required now. I mean, I'm sure she, she needs to. She has to. Please, production, make her. <laughs> uh, and of course, you, you can follow the rest of us, Jess, at Haymaker Hattie, myself, at a Mike Bloom type. We gave out all of our plugs on the recap show. But Jess, any other stuff you want to talk about before we hop back to the Amazing Race proper? No, I've got I've got nothing. I'm I'm back to the serious stuff insofar as that podcast is at all serious. Um, but this was really, really fun. Sasha, yeah. I loved having you on. This was really I 
a great time all around. Thank you. This true. It was just so much fun. Nonstop laughter. Like uh, love, love everything. Amazing Grace with y'all. Oh, well, the, the, it's very much mutual. I hope all of you out there enjoyed it as well. Uh, again, not sure when we'll come back with the next carpet. Who knows? We might end up turning this into like an every other leg thing. If they are spending two countries, uh, two legs in every country, might be an easy way to do it. Uh, we'll certainly bring you a guest no matter what, uh, especially as, again, as Sasha mentioned, Celebrity Big Brother's kicking up. Uh, we're moving into the one mo- month point before Survivor 42 happens and Big Brother Canada. So, Lots of things going on in the reality TV sphere, and we are internally grateful to everyone who spends their time with us as we talk all about sausage, nuts, Switzerland, and so much more. Tom Brady news thrown in there, too. (laughs) Truly an odds and ends. Like, we really are making a sausage here. I'm just grinding up all the various meats and topics into a sausage, and I hope you all find it tasty. So... Thank you all so much for listening. No matter what, myself, Jess, Rob will be back next time with leg six of The Amazing Race 33 as we are going to Corsica to see what it happens with the final six teams. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.